Masechet Pesachim has been dedicated by Mr. Ike J. Shehebar in honor of his grandparents, Mr. Ike and Jeanette Bibi. We bless Mr. Ike Shehebar, who's been a sponsor of the Dafyomi for many uh, days. They should continue to enjoy success, health, and happiness. May his grandparents also enjoy much nachat from him as well as all their grandchildren and may they only share in semachot for the entire family. Amen. Amen. Lamed. Today's daf has been dedicated by Mr. Morris and Linda Elkabes in honor of the rabbi. The school of mitzvot continued success. Mechayel Elchayel. Today's daf is being studied Baruch Rafael ben Miriam and Avraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihem began Eden. Amen. We are beginning on the top of Daf Lamed Amud Rishon. Our Gemara is discussing the subject that we began on yesterday's Daf, the Mahloket between Rav Shemuel and Rabbi Hanan regarding the status of Hametz getting mixed up in a Tarovet and its uh, status of Bitul. We discussed the difference between Hametz on Pesach and Hametz after Pesach and we also discussed two types of Bitul meaning Min Bimino when the Hametz gets mixed up in its own type and when it is Min Bishenomino when the Hametz gets mixed up in a different species. Uh, of it uh, different than Hametz. And the Gemara now will discuss the Halakha. Amar Rava. Rava said, Hilcheta Hametz Bizmano. Hametz that got mixed up into a mixture of foods in its time, meaning on Pesach when the Hametz is Be'isur, Ben Bimino, Ben Shelo Bimino, whether it gets mixed up in its same species or whether it gets mixed up Shelo Bimino, Asur Bemashehu. It is indeed Asur. Even a mashu's worth. And that would be following the opinion, the Gemara says, Kerav. That was like Rav's opinion that holds in general, Min Bimino is Asur Bimashu, and he made a Gezera, Shelo Bimino Atumino. But that's only Hametz Bismano. Shelo Bismano, the Gemara continues, but Hametz after Pesach, Ben Bimino, Ben Shelo Bimino, Mutar Kerabishimon. However, when it comes to Hametz after Pesach, whether it gets mixed up with other types of species that are similar, or Shilobimino, or in a different type of species, it is Mutar, even if it gives Ta'am, even if it gives flavor. That's the going according to the opinion of Rabbi Shimon that says Hametz. Sha'avar al Pesach is not a sur from the Torah. It is only a sur mid as we learned, because the rabbis made a knas. So the Gabra asks, Umi Amar Rava did Rava indeed say this? Meaning, is it possible for him to say that Hametz after Pesach, it doesn't matter what it gets mixed up into, even if it gives time, the mixture is going to be permissible? The Amar Rava, didn't Rava say, Rabbi Shimon Kenasa Kanis, that Rabbi Shimon holds that indeed Hametz Shahabar Rava Pesach is asur because the rabbis penalize the person who il ba'avar ala be'balirei ba'limatzeh because since he transgressed the suit of balirei ba'limatzeh so therefore indeed hametz is asur so therefore why then do we say that after Pesach, no matter what the Hametz gets mixed up into, it is permissible. Seemingly, it should be a problem only because it is 
asur. It's not asur deoraito, albeit, but it is asur midrabanan. So the Gemara says, Hani mile When did the rabbis say that there's a knas? That's only when the hametz is on its own. Aval al lo. But even the Bishimon holds that if the hametz gets mixed up into a mixture, whether it's mino or enomino, to that extent the rabbis did not penalize and therefore it would be mutar. Now the Gemara continues. Ve'az da Rava le'ta'amen Rava is consistent according to his opinion. Ta'amar Rava ki avinan be'rav Nachman. When we were studying Turan, the Beit Midrash of Rav Nachman, ki avun nafkesh v'ayum edefischa. When the seven days of Pesach passed, and now it was permissible to eat hametz. Amar lan Rav Nachman said, puku uzbino hamirad mechela. Go out and buy hametz. From the goyim, which means Rav Nachman allowed the hametz of a nochri after Pesach, even though the goy, let's say, cooked or baked the hametz on Pesach itself, it doesn't matter. Now that can only be going like the opinion of the Bishim on that made a difference between hametz of a goy and hametz of a. Yisrael, as we learned, the Bishamon's opinion was Hametz of Yisrael, Hachamim put a knas on him because since he was over Bal Yirae Bal so after Pesach, that Hametz is a Surbana'ah. However, Hametz of a Goy is Mutar min Torah and Mitra Banan after Pesach. However, if you remember, the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda was that he was Osir Hametz Shabbat on the Pesach min Torah and there was no difference between Hametz of Yisrael and Hametz of a Goy. So therefore, Ravah is consistent in Shita. As he said that Rav Nachman said that it was permissible to buy from the Guim after Pesach. Now the Gemara is going to discuss some of the laws surrounding Keli Hedis, vessels of pottery that Hametz was cooked in them. Amar Rav. Rav said, Kederot Bepesach Yishavru, meaning Kederot, uh, jugs or uh, vessels made out of pottery of clay that the only option is to break them by Pesach why? because the Hametz is swallowed in the walls of these Kederot which means when somebody cooks something in a pot that food gets swallowed into the walls of the pot now generally speaking when the Torah says they were only talking about regular hametz. They really were not referring to the hametz that's in the walls of a pot. But the concern is after Pesach, when a person is going to cook food in these pots, the flavor is going to come out of the walls of the pot. It's called the balua, what's swallowed into the walls of the pot. And it's going to osed the food that it is that it is uh, cooking in. That's uh, according to uh, the opinion of Rav, and therefore it's going to become Asur. So therefore he said the only way to fix these clay vessels that have ta'am of hametz in them is to break them. Because uh, there is no way to kosher a vessel that is made out of hadis. Now, even though it would be technically permissible to use these kelim for cold food, because when you put cold food in a keli, it does not have the ability to extract what's below in the walls, but still the hachami made a gezerah, that he might forget and cook in them, and therefore it is asur even on 
cold foods. Now, it should be pointed out that this can only be consistent according to the Avshitas. We learned above that it was Posek like Rabbi Yehuda, that Hamed Sha'bar al Pesach is a Sur Ba'na'amina Torah. And therefore, Rav also said that even Min Bimino and Enomino is a Sur Bimashihu. And therefore, you're going to benefit by cooking in these Kelihides after Pesach, even a Mashu. And therefore, even though we have a general rule that says Ta'amo or Ta'am Pagum, meaning if the Kelim were not used over a certain period of time, even 24 hours, the flavor that's in the walls of the uh, of the keli become pagum. It becomes tainted, meaning it's it's not really a normal uh, positive flavor anymore. The flavor becomes uh, deficient. So normally, tam pagum is permissible. However, the uh, opinion of Rav is that when we say that the Ta'am is Asur by Hametz, even Ta'am Pagum is Asur, which is a uh, big Hiddush. And therefore, uh, according to this, Rav says the only option is to actually break the Keli Heres. So let's review again. You have Keli Heres that has Balua Hametz in its walls, so the Deen is on Pesah, you must <coughs> break them, because there is no other option. The problem is not Pesach itself, the problem is that using them after Pesach, since Rav holds it's a surbahana'ah, Hamesh Allah, the Pesach is a surbahana'ah in the Torah, we're worried that the Bela might come out, and even to use it for cold, it's a surbahana'ah, that you might come use it for <coughs> hot. Now, from Rashi, it's mashma that it's a sur even though the flavor that is in the walls of the pot is pagum. Because Rav holds that even tam pagum is a sur. But it's mashma that according to the opinion that says no ten tam nefgam is mutar, the opinion that says that a flavor that's pagum is permissible, so seemingly you would not have to break these kelim and you'd be able to use them. And therefore, uh, the question would be that even according to that opinion, we have a general rule that says you cannot use a keli like a that has in it tam pagum. Because there's a gezera that you might come to use the pot before it became pagum, but it is still a batyoma. And uh, the hakamim come along and say that. Uh, in this case over here, by Akili Heres, if you hold Tam Pagum is Mutad, we would not make a Gezera that you might come to use it before it becomes uh, Pagum, because uh, since when you uh, cooked uh, in this pot Hametz before Pesach, the Hametz was not Asur. And therefore, when you're coming to cook now again uh, Hametz after Pesach, uh, the hametz is technically permissible now, and the flavor in the pot is pagum. So in this case over here, it's really impossible to use it uh, when it wasn't pagum, because you're not using it on Pesach itself. In any event, for our purposes, we have to know the opinion of Rab, that he says these kederot you have to actually break. Comes the Gemara and asks the question. Gemara says, Ve'amai, why do you have to break the kederot? Lashhinu achara Pesach. Why don't you just wait, leave them until after Pesach, and use them for uh, species or use them for food that is not 
hametz, meaning use them for items that are not similar to the food of hametz that was swallowed into the walls, meaning use it for enomino. And uh, in this case over here, uh, we said that hametz shavar alav pesach. Even according to Rav, by enomino, we said it's permissible so long as it doesn't give ta'am. So therefore, again, let's understand. Rav said you have to break the pots. Why should you have to break them? Don't use them on Pesach. Wait till after Pesach. After Pesach, that's Hamesh Havah Lava Pesach. Rav himself said that by Enomino, it's Mutar, so long as it does not give a Ta'am. So therefore, why can't you use it uh, after Pesach? So the Gabbara says, Gezerah, Dilma atu lemeibad behu bimino. And the Gezerah, that if we let you come to use it be'enomino, you might come to use it be'mino, with the same species. And that's a problem because Hamed Shavar Leva Pesach Kontarav is asud even be'mashiu, and therefore we make a Gezerah. Comes the Gemara and says, Ushmuel Amar, Shmuel on the other hand says, These kederot of cheres, lo yishaviru. You do not have to break them. Aval, mashhelehu, you can just uh, save them until after Pesach. Le'aharzman no, ve'avid behu, ben bimino, ben shelo bimino. And you'd be able to cook in these pots after Pesach, whatever you want. Whether it's min bimino, or min ben, that it's enomino. Because he holds again, according to the Bishamon, that chametz after the Zman is not osed the ta'arovet. And therefore he holds, you do not have to break these kedichayres. And the Gemara says, Be'az, that Shemuel ta'ameh. Shemuel is consistent going according to his opinion. De'amar Shemuel le'hanehu dimzabbene kandeh. There were certain people that were selling kandeh. What is kandeh? Kandeh is these kederot, uh, vessels. Um, they were selling new kedichayres. After Pesach, so he told the sellers of these new kelihayres, "Ashvu zebine akandaychi," which means make sure you fix a set price for your kederot according to their worth. Meaning, do not gouge the prices for these vessels. The ilan, if you don't listen to me, darshina lechu. I'm going to announce in the public. That the follows the Bishamon, meaning that really you could use your old Kederot because it's really permissible. Because Hamed Shavar Lava Pesach, according to the Bishamon, is Mutar Betarovet. And therefore he said, Be careful, if you charge high prices, I'll make an announcement that they don't have to buy these new vessels, they can use their old ones. So the Gemara says, Why was it only a threat? Shemuel, the Gemara says, Vilidrosh Lehu. Let Shemuel say that the Rasha, let him announce it anyway. Because indeed, Shemuel does hold like Rabbi Shimon. So why was it merely a threat that he's going to announce that they could use their old vessels? He should have just announced it anyway, because that indeed is his opinion. And because the story episode took place in the area in the domain of Rav. And Rav really is Oseh, these kid, old Kedirot after Pesach. And therefore, uh, the people living in that town were subject to Rav's opinions. So therefore, Shemuel did not want to announce it in public, because he did not want to go against the rabbi. However, in order to stop the 
price gouging, he would have, Shemuel used his opinion as a threat in order to get them to keep the prices uh, down. Comes the Gemara now discusses a different case. There was a certain oven that they smeared it, meaning the inside of the oven, with shuman. Shuman is a fat. And then they baked bread in it. That's the way they used to bake bread in the olden days. They would first smear the oven with uh, also a, a type of uh, fat, which obviously meat, and then they would put the bread and bake it, and they did it in order to give the flavor to the bread. So forbade in totality to eat this bread. Even with salt. Again, that was the normal way to eat bread. So he's just saying, even with salt, I mean, you cannot eat it at all. And the Gemara says, Le'olam. He forbade even... Uh, well, let's analyze why he forbade it at all. The reason why he forbade it is because now this lechem is considered besari. It's meat because it received flavor from the shuman. And therefore, he was concerned that if we allow to eat this uh, bread alone one might come and eat his bread with halav with milk and therefore he said the bread is forbidden you cannot even eat it alone that you might come to eat it with milk now the Gemara continues he said that this is forbidden this oven forever meaning even after you go and burn out the oven and you get the flavor of the shuman out still you can never use this oven again to bake uh, bread because this shuman gets swallowed into the walls of the oven. It will never come out. And therefore, uh, anytime you're going to bake bread, it's going to keep on uh, coming out a little at a time into the bread and make it asud. So basically there was two humrot here that were said. Humrah, number one, that the bread is asur to eat. And number two, even after you burn out the oven, it will not kosher it in order to cook bread. And the Gebarah says, Again, the Gezerah, as we said, was that we worried that you might come to eat this bread with kuta, which was a yogurt. Metibe, the Gebarah asked the question, En lashi nitaisa bechalav. We are not permissible to knead dough that has milk in it. V'imlash kol hapat kula asura. And if you made uh, the kneading of this dough with milk, so all the dough becomes forbidden even to eat it alone. Mepene hergel avera. Because we're concerned what's going to happen. He might come to eat this bread that has milk in it. He might come to eat it with meat. Again, people see bread, you can't see that there's milk in the bread, so therefore they might think that the bread is pav, and therefore they might come to eat it with besari. Kayotsebo, the Gemara says, similarly, one is not allowed to smear the inside walls of an oven with the fat of the aliyah. Aliyah is the tail of the sheep, which is very, very soft, uh, fatty over there. And they would smear the oven with it. The imtaj, and if they smeared the oven with this type of fat, what's the deen? Kol hapat kula asura. All the bread that is going to be baked in this oven is going to be asur, again, gezerah, that you might come to eat it with milk. 
עד שיסיק את התנור. Oh, but until you burn out the oven, which means, according to this Gemara, it's telling you that in order to make the bread that's baked in such an oven mutar, it's only going to be permissible if, before you bake the bread, you burn the oven out. So the Gemara says, how sakatanur? Once you burn out the inside of the oven, mia it will be permissible, meaning that in a the flavor of the Basad does get extracted from burning out the oven. This is a question on the that said the oven is a sur forever and any bread that's baked in is going to be a sur forever. And therefore the Gemara refutes it. Once already, Rava Bar Ahilai was uh, refuted. Again, Amale Rabbi Nadra Bashe. Vichi meachar di itotav Rava Bar Ahilai. Amai ka amar Rav kederod be Pesach yishabru. So the Gemara continues. And the Gemara says, Amale Ravina Ravashe, Vehime Ahardi Itotav Ravabar Ahilai. Once already Ravabar Ahilai was refuted. Meaning, Ravabar Ahilai came along and said, What? That when you put the fat in the oven, uh, that is Hades, so that oven becomes Asur forever because there is no way to kosher it. There is no way to get the fat out. And therefore, the bread is always going to be Basar. And we make it get that you're going to come to eat it with Halab. But he was refuted. Because clearly we have a bright that had said that if the oven is heated up, it is able to extract everything that's inside of it. So therefore, we see that Rababar Ailai was refuted from a bright. So the Gemara asks, Amai Kamar Rav. So then why did Rav say, Kederot be Pesach Yishavru? Why did he say that you have a Kederav Heres? On Pesach, you have to break them because of the Hamet that's inside of it. What do you mean? Why don't you just uh, make a fire? And put these in the fire in order to extract the hamid. Just like you say it works by a kedera, just like it works by a tanud of heres, so it should work by kedera of heres. So why do you have to break it? Look how they should be able to extract it by putting it in the fire. Amarle. So Rav will answer the question and will say, you know why you have to break them? Hatam betanur shel matechet. Because over there it was talking about the oven was not made out of heres, it was made out of metal. And therefore you can extract from a metal Tanur, the Bili'ah, through fire. Aha, but over here, the Kedrash Shel Chayrets, here we were talking about Kedrot of Chayrets, of pottery, of clay. And therefore, Hasaka, making a fire, does not have the ability to extract the Ta'am that is Balua in it. Give another answer. I can say both cases mean the Bright and Rav are both talking about Kedri Chayrets. But there's a difference between a Tanur and a Kedrah. Zeh By the oven, the fire is on the inside. And therefore, when you put the fire on the inside, it has the ability to extract the bela. The fire is on the outside, therefore, it does not have the ability to extract what is inside of it. Therefore, after you have no no option but to break it. So the Kabbalah says, What do you mean? Maybe you'll ask, So too, by the Kedirot, you should be able to make a Hasaka from within, meaning put the fire in the Kedirah itself. In order for it to pull it, the, in order for it to extract the hametz, and therefore you won't have to break them. So Gabbara says, no. The fellow is going to be highest, meaning he's going to be concerned and 
have uh, mercy, literally it means, meaning because he doesn't want his keli to break, mishum de fakra, because if you put the fire on the inside, it gets very hot, and it causes the keli ha'aretz to, to break open, to break. And therefore, instead of doing that, he's going to make the fire on the outside, which is not enough to get the uh, hametz out. So therefore, by a kedera, the only option is to put the fire inside. But putting the fire inside, the fellow's has not to do that because he doesn't want to break it. Therefore, he might put it on the outside, which is not good. Therefore, Rav said, the only option is to break it. Hilkach, the Gemara concludes. Hi, Bukhya. Bukhya is a keli hairis again, but it's a flat keli hairis that they bake or um, fry things on top of it. For example, like bread. Heseko mebahutsu. Now, normal, the normal way of using this Bukhya is the fire is underneath it. And therefore, the asur. And therefore, it's going to be forbidden to eat bread that was baked on top of this buchya, even after they put the fire from the outside. Because since the fire is from underneath it, they does not have the ability to extract the shomen, let's say, that was smeared on top of it. And if it's not similar to an oven, that they say that the fire is from within side. However, the Gemara says, If you fill the top of the buchya with coals, which means, and you heat the coals on top of it, then it would be permissible to bake it again because you have extracted the um, shomen from the buchya from the top. And the hidush is that it is not similar to a kedera. Meaning a kedera person might be concerned not to make his sick, not to make the fire from within because it might break. But a buchya is stronger. Therefore, a fellow would not mind to put the fire on the top because it really will not break. And therefore, if he indeed puts the fire on the top, meaning on top of the buchya, it will extract all the fat out of it. And therefore, the subsequent bread that is baked and it will be permissible. And the Gemara now goes on to a different subject about making hakshara, koshering different types of vessels for usage on Pesach. These knives that have in them hametz and a person wants to use them on Pesach. How? What do you have to do to them to make them kosher, to extract them from the hametz? He says, for me, I would get new knives on Pesach. I would not use the all year round knives. I would get new knives. He says, this idea, this advice is good for you, because you were rich, and therefore you can afford to get a, another set of knives for Pesach. What about somebody that cannot afford a second set of knives? My, how is he supposed to kosher them? So Ravashir says, Anna, he says, when I said that I got new knives, which means I koshered my old knives and made them as if they were new. So what did he do? First he would take the handle, the wooden handle, and he would smear it with, he would cover it with uh, teeth. That would be like a tar to cover it. And then he would take the metal part of it, and he would put it in the flame in order to extract the hametz. Now, the main part where the hametz is, is in the, is in the actual metal. And therefore he held that you take the metal part of the knife and you stick it in the fire. That would not help just to, let's say, dip the um, knife into boiling hot water, which we would call hagala. Because the law is, as we're going to learn, that anything that is used in fire, 
for example, like knives used to be used also as skewers over the fire. So the only way to extract the hametz out of it would be through fire. And things that are used through water, meaning like cooking, so it's permissible to just make hagala, meaning through uh, putting in boiling water. So since the knife, the metal part of it, was used directly over fire, so therefore the only the way to kosher it was to stick it in actual fire. Now, the reason why they would coat the wooden part handle of the knife with tar is because when they were koshering it, they didn't want the wood to to burn. They didn't want the flames to burn the wood. So therefore they would protect it by covering it with teeth. So that was the opinion of Rav Asher, the way he would kosher the knives. Vahadar, and then after he finishes koshering it, um, he goes and returns. He would take the tar off the uh, handle, the wooden handle, and he would dip or soak the handle, the wooden handle, in hot water. Now, why would he do that? So, the way he explained it is that since the wooden handle was not used directly in fire, but it was used really, the knife sometimes they would use it to mix things that were in a pot. Things that were boiling in a pot, they would use the knife to mix it. And sometimes the wooden handle would also be submerged in the hot pot of hametz. And therefore, since it was submerged in water, the way to kosher the handle would be to submerge it as well in boiling hot water. This is based on the principle of kibol o kach meaning the way the hametz got swallowed into the keli, that's the way you extract it. And therefore, since the knife part, meaning the metal part, was used in fire, direct fire contact, so the only way to get the hametz out is to stick it back into the fire. So they would cover it with tar, meaning the wooden handle, just so it doesn't burn. Then they would take the tar off, and they would soak it or dip it in hagala, meaning boiling hot water, in order to extract any hametz that is in the handle that went into it through mixing uh, hametz during the during the year. Comes the Gemara and continues. Ve'elcheta, but the halacha is idi ve'idi berotchin bechlidishon. The halacha does not follow Rav Asher, but the halacha says that both the wooden handle and the actual metal part of the sakin can be koshered by submerging it into boiling water of a klidishon, which means that's the uh, keli that's on the fire. And the question is, how is that possible? Why is it permissible to take the metal part of the knife and just submerge it in hot water? Didn't we just say that it was used actually in fire? And based on the principle, the only way to get it out would be through direct fire, not in water that's heated on fire. So therefore, this opinion needs to be understood. So, some of the Rishonim explain it based on the opinion of, or the rule that says, hetera bala, which means, since this Isur that's in the knife is Hametz, Hametz is a different type of Isur, in the sense that when the Hametz went into the knife, it was still Mutar, because the Hametz during the year is permissible. So therefore, it's a type of item that sometimes is permissible and sometimes is forbidden. It's not like the Isur Tareh, for example, it's always Isur. So therefore, since this item that went into the knife 
during the year, at the time that the Hametz went in, was heter, so the rabbis were lenient to extract that you only have to make Hagalah, you would not have to make what's called Libun, to actually place it in the fire itself. However, the Ramban argues, and the Ramban says, now, Hametz, even when it goes in, is considered a Bela of Isur, and therefore you do not have this heter of heterah bala. So therefore, what is the logic of the Ramban? So he says, the reason why they were lenient by knives is because when it comes to a, kli, a keli, the way we kosher it is based on its usage. And actually it's based on the majority of its usage. And therefore, since the majority of the knife's usage was through hot water, or boiling uh, kelim, meaning through liquid, meaning they would mix kelim, the food uh, with these knives, even though sometimes it would be used over the fire directly, but since that's not rov tashmisho, so the hakamim will lean into kosher the sakinim based on the rov of the tashmish, the majority of its usage, which was through uh, water, being through boiling water, therefore the way to kosher it is through boiling water as well. Comes that is a spoon, a wooden spoon that they would use to mix the kedera. They would use it to mix the uh, the pots. Again, so you'd have to submerge it in boiling hot water of a kli rishon, which is that's the the kedera that is on the fire. Kasabar, and the logic of Ravuna Abdullah Yoshua is which means the way the hametz went in to the keli, that's the way it is extracted, that's the way it comes out. And since this spoon swallowed hametz from a kli shon, meaning it mixed the pot that was on the fire, so the way you kosher it is you take a boiling water that's on the fire and you submerge it in and it will come out. Comes the Gemara and continues. They ask the question from Moremor. These vessels of Kunya, what are they? They were actually earthenware vessels that were plated with lead. And they would use it all year long with Hametz. Which means, can you use these Kelim on Pesach? Well, what is the question exactly? So the question is, how do you how do you classify it? Do you consider it metal because of its plating, and therefore Hagala will work on this metal kelim, or do you look at it as kelihiris? And the kelihiris, once it swallows, the law is it does not have the ability to be polet. It cannot. Uh, a cannot extract from it. So therefore, we want to know what's the classification of these mane de kunya. So the Gemara says, Yeruka which means the green vessels, there should be no question, that for sure they are asur. What are these green vessels? So the Mephalchim explained that they were made from a certain earth uh, that's called tsarif. In English, it's alum. A certain type of salt in that earth that makes the um, uh, the heres very porous, and therefore, if the heres is made from this uh, type of uh, green uh, uh, substance, the alum, 
So for sure, even though it's covered with metal, it's still going to have the ability to absorb, and therefore, it's going to be a suit to use on Pesach. Your question really would be on on the black and the white. Those vessels. My, what is the deen? Kevarah says, And let's say there are ridges or cracks in the metal. There's no question. Because the Hamas can penetrate through those little cracks into the Hayres, and therefore it's Hamas. The question is really, which it's smooth. My, what is going to be the deen? So basically the question is, if you have a Kiri Hayres, that is not from the green ones that have the special uh, uh, type of um, salt. It's a regular kidney hairs, white or black, and it is covered with uh, metal, meaning uh, lead, and it is Shia, meaning it is smooth. The question is, does the Hametz have the ability to penetrate it or not? Amar lehu, hazina lehu de He says, I saw that when one cooks something in these kelim, they sweat from the outside, which means the kelim themselves sweat. Alma must be that the sweating of the keli is from the heres, meaning the heres must it must penetrate into the heres itself, this hametz, and therefore when you cook in these kelim. The stuff that's in the Heres comes out, and that's what the sweating that they saw in this keli, and therefore it's going to be Asur. And the Torah in the Gemara says, that Torah idal keli Heres, she'enu yotze midet dofyo le'olam. And why don't you tell me that the walls of the keli Heres have hametz in it? We know from the Torah law, keli Heres can never become kosher, meaning the stuff that goes into a keli Heres cannot come out forever. Like the Pasuk says in the Torah, The only way to kosher it is to break it. So therefore the Gemara says clearly it is a sur. So the Gemara asks, What's the difference regarding Yayin What is Yayin That is the wine that is forbidden. Which means the wine of the goyim that the chamim said is asur. So what do we put about it? The darish moremor, because we have a statement of moremor. Mane de kunya. You have these kedicherets that are uh, plated with metal. Ben uchma, ben hibare, ben yaruke. Whatever type of kedicherets it is, whether it's the black, whether it's the white ones, or whether it's the green ones. Share is permissible to use them, meaning even though these kelim used to have in them yayin nesich, once you empty out the yayin nesich, you can now use it for other things. So what do you see? That since it is plated with metal, it does not have the ability to absorb. So therefore we're lenient by yayin nesich. Once you empty out the yayin nesich, you can use it for other things. So why, when it came to hametz, you said that the hametz is able to penetrate the metal? What's the difference? Maybe you'll tell me Yayin Nesich Medrabanan Hametz Medoraita. You say, yeah, Rabbi, the difference is that Yayin Nesich is only Medrabanan. It's only forbidden from the rabbis. Therefore, they were lenient. Hametz, however, is a suit in the Torah. Therefore, they were Mahmir. That's not so. Because called the Tikkun Rabbanan Kein Deoraita Tikkun. Because whenever the rabbis made a Takana, whenever they made a decree, they fashioned their decrees after the 
laws of the Torah. And therefore, since according to the Torah law, these kilim are porous, so therefore for Yain Itzchos, they should have been machmir to treat them porous, and therefore you should not be allowed to use them. Amar lehu, so he answered, Zetash Misho al Yedeh Hamin, Vezetash Misho al Yedeh Tzonen. This keli that we were discussing, that they use it for hametz, which means the normal way of using it is through hot, meaning over the fire. And therefore the concern is what? That when you're going to use it a second time over fire, the hametz that's in the walls of the hametz is going to come out into the food and therefore oset it. However, these kelim that they store in it, the only way they use it is through putting things in it cold. And therefore, once you empty out the Ayinesik, even if you want to say that the Ayinesik maybe got swallowed into the walls, but since you're only using it for cold, therefore the new items that you put in does not have the ability to extract the Ayinesik that is inside of it. So the difference is how you use the keli. If you use the keli that's plated with hameen, it's going to be asur. However, if you use it besonen, it'll be mutar. The camera continues. Amar avabar abamar avchayabar ashayamar shmuel. Kol akedim shenishtamshu ba'en. Any type of keli that was used during the year, hametz besonen, that hametz we used in it, but cold hametz was placed in it. Mishtamesh ba'en masah. So then you could use those same kedim for matzah. Again, even if these are kelim of Harris, because why? They, when you put something cold into a keli, cold does not have the ability to penetrate into the walls of the keli. Unless it's a liquid, then the liquid stayed in the keli for more than 24 hours, that's the deen of kavush. And the Gemara says, kavush that when you leave something liquidy in a keli for more than 24 hours, it's like you're cooking it, and it has the ability to penetrate the walls. But, if you put something cold into a keli, and it's less than 24 hours, it's not have the ability to penetrate. Therefore, you empty it out, you can even put Matzah in there if it's cold, and then it'll be permissible. However, the Gemara says, Except in the vessel that is used for yeast. They're putting yeast in there. Now, why is that? Because um, the uh, yeast sometimes is left in the keli for more than 24 hours, and therefore it gets swallowed into the walls of the keli, and therefore it's going to be forbidden. And therefore, even if it is cold, it has the ability to get swallowed into the walls of a of the keli, which means the hadush is as follows. Even if you didn't leave the yeast in for 24 hours, that's the hadush. Which means normally you have to leave it in 24 hours for it to penetrate. Hadush is by yeast, which is a very strong item. It's able to go into the keli even less than that. And therefore these items you cannot use on Pesach. Because since now you have hametz in the walls, it's going to be forbidden to use it for hot Because the tam is going to come out. But again, it would be permissible to use it for cold. So long as you don't use it on a permanent basis, because then we would be worried that if we let use it for cold on a permanent basis, you might come to use it for hot. So again, when it comes to a keli, that they're used to putting yeast in it, even if the yeast is in it less than 24 hours, since the yeast is very powerful and strong, it will penetrate the keli, and therefore it's a suit to use this keli for hot, because when using it for hot, the hametz will come out, but it will be permissible to use it for cold on a temporary basis. That's a that they use to store in it uh, foods that are very pungent or very um, 
Hamutzim is a very sour, very strong. So therefore, and this was also hametz because they would put in these items flour, and it was like a condiment that they would use to dip their meat in it. So therefore, the Kibara says, Kebet Seor has the same deen that we just said of the keli that they used to store the yeast, which is also very strong, which you're not allowed to use it for Pesach, for or with Hamin. These big karot, these big bowls or plates that are used in, actually bowls, that are used in the city of Mechoza by the ladies in order to knead the dough. Since they always are kneading dough in there and there's always yeast in there. And they leave the yeast in these kelim. It is going to be considered like the case we said above of these bets, all of these kelim that they would use to store the yeast. Meaning, even though these kelim, you're not storing yeast, you're storing the, uh, uh, they would new kneading bowls, that's what they are, they're kneading bowls. Uh, but since there's constant usage of it, and then there's a lot of yeast that passes through this, keli, and they leave it in there from time to time, and therefore it's going to be a sur, because it's going to have the taste of the hametz in the walls. Look at what it pshita. It's not pashut. Since you're always using it with yeast and seor, what is the hadush? Ma'u detema kevan dirviha. I say, since these kelim are very wide, shalit bi avira, and therefore there's a lot of air that goes into these kelim. Velobala, I would say, maybe it does not swallow. Maybe the fact that there's a lot of air that goes into these kelim from the outside, maybe it stops the ability for the keli to swallow the taste of the seor. Kamash ma'alad, so it comes and tells me, no, doesn't matter. And therefore it is asur to use these kelim as well, be'hamin on Pesach. Baruch Adonai le'olam, amen ve'amen.